Mike Golick Jr. Now it seems like everyone's got their oars and is rowing in the same direction in Green Bay, and that's a dangerous thing. Breaking down everything happening on the gridiron. Using a tenth of the creativity that colleges do, I think makes a more exciting brand of football. And other important topics. You were afforded a great deal more of whatever Reese's version of peanut butter is inside that thing when you rock with the holiday shapes, and then you just get that little coating of chocolate that kind of sends you down the path of flavor town. It's Gojo on Shin, Gabe, and Chewy. this to be certain but i have a feeling i know where gojo is gonna go on this one where he's gonna go joe if you will michael jr joining jen gabe and chewy as he does each and every week here on espn milwaukee gojo we were having a debate earlier about what the very best sports month of the year is i said unequivocally it is october you've got all of the things and also may i just sweeten the pot by reminding you that you also have halloween which is not a sport but it could be and Halloween candy, I feel like, is very near and dear to Gojo's heart. Gojo, could you agree with me on October, or do you think it is what Gabe says, which is April? Listen, I have a deep appreciation for April, no doubt. But let me tell you, Jen, why I agree wholeheartedly with you here. Number one, Halloween and Halloween candy and the acquisition of such is 100% a sport if you care enough and are motivated That's enough. That's right. Which, That's right. As you guys can tell by my size, I was clearly motivated in that way for a long time. <laughs> and a direct correlation from that leads us to number two, which is October is peak big boy season. I am walking around wearing hoodies now consistently in this weather because as I've told people forever, football weather is not snow. It is not cold. Mm-hmm. It is not December. Football weather is right now when I was a 300-pounder who could get a little bit of sweat going, and then that cool October breeze starts to take over and naturally <laughs> insulate and cool down my entire core region. So Halloween coupled with big boy season, coupled with all the sports we're getting, absolutely October. But, Mike, would you rather play in minus 10 degrees or 90 degrees? I would much rather play in 90 because you're loose, you can move. You're just so stiff when it's like minus 10. 100%. Everything is worse when it is cold here. And especially, I mean, you'd appreciate this. Having to put your hands on people in the trenches when you are freezing cold here, that's not a great time. Every part of that becomes more painful. I would rather have to deal with the heat a little bit. I can go on the side. I can take layers off. Hell, I can roll the jersey up show off a little belly here. Word to Chance Warmack. Like, it can all be better for you when the heat's going on. I, I have pushed back on this narrative about cold weather games that fans love and lionize because it looks cool on NFL films when everyone's got mist coming off them and all that stuff. No, 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 no. Give me the heat. Yeah. I do love that Gojo just basically compared himself to a cooling Tempur-Pedic. <laughs> right? <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> Built-in cooling system. <laughs> we oh, find a stuff. way. Gojo, I... I apologize in advance for doing this because you had to defend yourself on your own show yesterday when it comes to Halloween candy and candy corn but here is what you had to say because this seems outrageous to me that you said this yesterday on your own show listen Devin they're mood candies first (laughs) off glad you brought up Skittles because they belong in the comparable category here which is bowl candies you're walking around your house as a kid in Halloween mom's got a bowl full of candy you can just walk by grab yourself a handful nom 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 loving all this what do you mean 
mean what? What? You don't have You're, you're grabbing candy corn, corn over Skittles? Yeah, listen, if I'm in the right mood, because one has a fruity taste, sometimes sour taste, depending on what bag of Skittles you go with. And then if I want something sweet and the candy corn's right there, different texture entirely. Maybe I don't want to have to work through that harder candy shell. I want something that's going to treat my teeth with a little more ease, like candy corn in this spot. I can't believe I have to explain this to you guys. So that was on Canty and Golick Jr. yesterday. You're getting a standing ovation from our producer, Ashton Rotman, Gojo. Of course, you can listen to that show over on 540 ESPN and every day um you're taking candy corn over skittles and you didn't even mention the best the goat of the bowl candies which is peanut m&ms, M&Ms. first off you're absolutely right on the peanut m&m front here not not gonna hold you on that one like this is not like and and this is what everyone does this is classic anti-candy corn propaganda which is a constant moving of the goalposts here. My war merely for the allowing candy corn to exist in the Halloween candy universe has now been misconstrued with, I think it's better than X candy here. In a vacuum, do I think candy corn is better than Skittles overall? No, probably not. But again, these are candies that require, I think, a specific mood. And when I break them down in, when you're walking around the house and you got bowls of candy sitting there, yeah, hell yeah, if I got peanut m and in a bowl, I am hammer timing that thing. Dove chocolates with the dark chocolate sea salt, That's give good. me those. That's real good. But if I've got Skittles in one bowl and candy corn in another bowl one day and I'm walking by, you know, you know what? I want a little softer fare here. I want a different taste because we all know, and the candy corn detractors let me know that the candy corn taste is something different and hard for them to place here. Sometimes I crave that because I'm a little bit sick myself, and then I would absolutely reach for that over the Skittles, and I don't think that makes me a monster. Here's the thing that bothers me about Skittles, though, okay? Skittles is like, everyone loves Skittles. Don't get me wrong. They're fantastic, right? You grab a handful, pop them in, they're great. But I liken them to, like, the Nicole Kidman of Hollywood, okay? Nicole Kidman is always fantastic, except every once in a while when she does the Nine Perfect Strangers and she tries to do a Russian accent, and it's not good, okay? And we can't, nobody wants to say that it's not good because she's Nicole Kidman. The Skittles get you in the back of the mouth. You eat too many Skittles and they start biting back in the back of your throat, right, guys? Right? Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe on the tip of your tongue. Thank you. Yes. They get you in the back of the mouth. Down from this. That's right. So again, nobody wants to nobody wants to say bad things about Skittles because so often they are fantastic. But every once in a while, they put out a nine perfect strangers, and you have to go. That's fine. It's fine. Really didn't see. That's what I'm talking about. Really didn't see the Skittles to Nicole Kidman comparison coming this morning. Uh, Mike, are the Packers good? And if they are, how good? (laughs) I think the Packers are good. Wait, but what? But what Hollywood actress would you call the Packers? Okay, (laughs) or if you had to compare them to a Halloween candy? You know what? Honestly, Packers would very well line up. I think in a lot of ways with what Jen just described about Skittles. Right? Like, I. I wasn't going to do candy corn. All God, right. you guys. I mean, the, you the made candy my heart stop. Hate. Yeah, yeah, I'll figure out who the candy corn of the NFL is soon. And it's going to be, you know what? Candy corn, honestly, is the Carolina Panthers. We just gave Gojo people... a segment, by the way, guys. I just want you to be clear. All of this yeah. brilliance that we're just giving away. <laughs> it's free stuff right here, and I'm taking it here. Candy corn is the Carolina <laughs> Panthers because we're not ready, apparently, as a culture to have the conversation about how good they actually are, especially on defense. But I digress. You asked me about the Packers. I would go Skittles there. Yes, I would say they are a very good team. I would say we're flirting with, you know, are they the top four team in the NFC right now? We know the clear identifiable flaws on defense. 
But the thing that's become apparent is they've been able to overcome a lot of their flaws on offense. The Aaron Rodgers downfall and all the dismay, I think, was always going to be a little bit premature based on the offseason headlines. And so far through the early portion of the season, I have checked in and seen the same brand of Aaron Rodgers, oh my God, throws that have made him a difference maker for years. And when you look at the top of the NFC right now, It is dominated by quarterbacks that live like Aaron Rodgers, that can create outside of the structure of the offense. When you look at Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, when you look at Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, and when you look at Aaron and the Green Bay Packers, yes, they can all give you a high floor within offenses that have quality play callers. Dallas and Green Bay certainly better than Arizona but then they can work and operate outside of it in a way that's going to separate. And quite frankly, a way that's becoming more and more apparent you need in the modern NFL with some of the defenses that we're facing right now. Anybody got anything else for our friend Gojo? We have six minutes left with him. Anybody? I think they're all just so stunned by your, uh, your candy corn is the Panthers take. What happened to Notre Dame? Oh, man. Oh, oh God. Well, All right. Yeah. Okay. There well, we now go. Gojo's just going to hang up. <laughs> right. No, you know what? Listen, it's, it's good we're having the conversation right now because I've been waiting for weeks to have this conversation about Notre Dame when everyone else got excited. I'm always the last one to the party on Notre Dame every year because I have lived the experience inside that building, and I know when the letdowns are usually coming. This was, I think, the best possible case scenario for Notre Dame. Because you lost to a Cincinnati team is very good. Like, Cincinnati is going to deservedly have people on their side banging on the drum for them to be in the college football playoff conversation. They've earned that. They went out and they did what we asked P5 teams to do, or a group of five teams to do every year, which is go and schedule quality P5 opponents out of conference and win those games. Check and check for Cincinnati. What happened for Notre Dame is their issues caught up with them. The offensive line that's been banged up and underperforming for most of this season was once again uh, you know, a cause of a couple of the turnovers that were a difference in this game. Brian Kelly said it this week. They've got to figure out one quarterback, and I think it's going to end up being Drew Pine, who has come in in the last couple of games and been the quarterback that I don't think is necessarily the best on this team but is the one that can operate behind this offensive line as it's presently constructed. And then you got a baller defense on the other side. This team will win eight, maybe nine games in a crazy world. They could still be a 10-win team, but this was always, I think, a prime regression year for Notre Dame. And now I think the important part is going to be getting the young pieces on this team valuable reps that they're going to need next year when you're going to be expected to be like a lot of the other top-flight programs in college football and reload this thing pretty quickly here. That's the expectation that Brian Kelly's built up because of their own success around this program. But this always felt inevitable to me. This was never a, a playoff team in the way that it was actually playing on the field, even if its record said so. Okay, okay, sure, sure. X's and O's and personnel and reputation, et cetera. But most importantly, what candy is Notre Dame. <laughs> what candy is Notre Dame? Who this year's Notre Dame? Right now? A, it's kind of a yeah, starburst is, you found in the couch. <laughs> hey, couch, right? don't, you, don't you scoff at couch starburst. Hey, well, and I'm nothing, just saying. There is nothing wrong with couch starburst because they are wrapped. They're yes, individually exactly. wrapped. So if you find that starburst in the couch, there is nothing wrong with it. I'll eat a wrapped starburst out of the washing machine. I don't care. Yeah, no, as you say, Jen's got a great point here. And actually, this comparison is starting to vibe more and more. I was thinking just to come back and hurt somebody else the way I've been hurt here to try and think of the most offensive candy that I can find, or I should say, 
the least offensive candy I can find because that's how I felt watching Wisconsin football for the last <laughs> few weeks is it's the least amount of offense wow. I've ever seen on yep. a field. That Notre Dame-Wisconsin game set offensive football back 200 years. <laughs> like we were basically out there running off over that game across the board. I, I hurt watching that for everyone that came in. Like We had company. We had college game day there, and we let them see us all like this. That was not the Midwest football I want to present to It's really world. weird because I did get home and walk through the door, and all of a sudden I was churning butter, and I was washing my clothes with a washboard. It's so strange. In your schmock. Exactly. With the hat oh. on. Go, Joe. In the NFL, um, who do you feel confident saying that's really good? Because it feels very week to week. We only have one undefeated team left after four weeks, which seems very, very strange in the NFL. But you'll be shocked to know that we argued about it on this show yesterday because I said I actually like the mystery. I like not knowing who's going to win because I don't want to know the end of the movie when I start watching it. But these guys who are obviously diehard Packers fans say, nah, you want to be the dominant team. You want to know that when your team goes into a game, you're most likely going to walk away with the W. I think there's arguments to be made for both. Like what these guys are talking about, I've said for years about March Madness, which is parody and all that stuff only goes so far in my world. I do kind of want to know who the good guys and the bad guys are in the movie. So I understand going in who I'm rooting for when we get to that ending that can still be uncertain. That being said, I think for a lot of us that cover this, especially at a national level, I think the Cowboys are really good this year. I think that's a legitimately good football team. I think Dak Prescott is doing all the things we asked of him coming off, getting that contract that we know so many of us banged the drum on for so long, said Jerry Jones was ridiculous for not doing sooner. He's looking great. That offensive line is healthy, especially in the middle. I I have to get my Zach Martin quota in here, but he's looked like the best offensive lineman in football since he's been back and healthy this season. And then defensively, all we needed to see was steady improvement here. Could Dan Quinn take that young group with studs like Micah Parsons, with Trayvon Diggs and the jump that he's starting to make in that secondary and show us steady improvement each week? Check that box, check that box. And so the way this thing is growing, too, for Dallas, they're going to do the thing every football team wants to do, which is play their best football at the end of the season. But I think that offensive unit is is truly special, like one of the few bona fide, truly special units in football that I know I can count on week in and week out. I think that would be kind of a vindication story for Mike McCarthy as well. Well, but the, the problem is, like, I feel like Mike McCarthy, outside of Matt Nagy and Urban Meyer, like, people want to clown him with those two in Urban Meyer. Yeah, unfairly. The, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they're 3-1. and one. Nagy's deciding that he wants the Red Rifle to be the, the starting quarterback still, and Urban Meyer's out there doing not great things. Yeah, is there a bigger ego in? We could do put that yeah. on the poll. Bigger ego in, in football right now, Urban Meyer or Matt Nagy. Very different, very different, but both letting their egos get the best of them. I will say this, too, just on the subject of Mike McCarthy. I realized this the other weekend when I was watching the Panthers. People want to clown Mike McCarthy because he looks like Matt Rule with bad credit. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why we have Mike Golick Jr. join the program each and every week for gems like that. Gojo, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. See ya. Hey, what's Gojo's show? It's Canty and Golick Jr. now? Canty and Golick Jr. I know he rotates through co-hosts. He must be very hard to work with. Yeah, I know, right? can't imagine. He's sitting yeah, out there just weird. defending candy corn. <laughs> You're like, off. I can't work with that guy. I can't do it.